life might hand you budgets, schedules, family, and responsibility. But driving shouldn't be just another chore. We're here to help you find a car you love. Something that fits your budget and your needs, but is fun to drive and makes you look back. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car to Be. I had one of those unexpected days while driving today. I just kept seeing things that were not there a day when everything goes normally? Well, yeah, kind of. I mean, okay. you, you just commute and stuff goes okay. on. But I kept right. seeing things that I was like, did that just happen? Kind of thing. One of them was the fact I drove the Lotus, and so it was me and you a bunch of SUVs. Out? Yeah, it's why not? It's been weirdly warm. It's been terribly warm. The only yeah. good side being, hey, I can break out the Lotus. Well, that's great. But, uh, yeah. but yeah, I mean, it's it's been 45 degrees, 50 degrees today, and so it was me and a bunch of SUVs driving around Salt Lake. That was funny. But um, So that happened, which is just a little oddball, but whatever. I loved it. Uh, oh, and also, I had this thought. You'll appreciate this. I've been driving the Mini for solid for a month. Yeah, right. Yeah. I haven't even really driven my wife's Cayenne. Uh, and that comes back up later. I got okay. in the Mini this morning. I mean, sorry, I got in the Lotus this morning and kept thinking about how tiny the car was. I got out of yeah. a Mini. I kept thinking awesome. about how tiny the car That's was. awesome. I'm so low. This is so tiny. It, it's awesome. Well, you had the Mini and the Lotus parked in your garage the other day. Yeah. Because the Cayenne was gone for yeah. some reason. Yeah. And I walked in and went... You've got a huge garage. garage. Oh, wait. No, yeah, you have two tiny to... British cars. Uh, <laughs> the never garage mind. seemed massive. You're right. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, so I was driving Lotus today, and I also had a very weird experience because I, if you've watched the, the Lotus piece from when I first brought it from L.A., I had it out of, out of a balance wheel, and so the, the steering wheel always bounced. Yeah, right, right. Since then, I've gotten that fixed. I've gotten a really nice alignment. But on the freeway, sometimes that steering wheel still vibrates a ton, and I kept thinking, driving it today, getting in it after a while, is this a problem? I mean, I think it's inherent to those cars, is it not? It's Here's never going to be dead Here's what's smooth because, because of the well, nature of the steering. But I also got an alignment. That, that's kind of what I was thinking. Got an alignment that is just dead straight. I have no okay. uh, no toe at all. Okay. It's just dead straight. That's okay? good. That's good. So I got to a section of a back road I took that happens to be the rear section of the back road that's smooth. Okay. Took my hands off the wheel. Yeah. Glass. Good. My point is... The freeway is creating that much vibration. It's like I was oh. going 20 on the glass, glassy part of the sure. road. I was going freeway speed still. It's just that car is so susceptible to any kind of road imperfections. It's telling you all about it. And the Mini, of all things, which is hardly exactly a car that isolates you, tells me none of this. Yeah. <laughs> so that was interesting for That's me. That's funny. That's funny. I love it. My mom has that disease of she has a, a, a kid that is a car person. So she wants yeah. to relate. Yeah. She wants oh, so hard to funny. relate. And so she sends me random <laughs> photos of cars she oh, thinks no. are cool or neat or cute. Or I saw whatever. the greatest car. It was white. Do you know what that is? Exactly. My all-time uh, least favorite one in this story. It didn't happen today, but I never, don't think I ever told you this. After they first saw my Lotus, they went home. The next week, she sent me a photo. She was like, I just saw this in the parking lot. It looks just like your car. I opened it up. <laughs> oh, no. It was a Saturn Ion. Oh, no. It just happened your- to be yellow. Oh, I was like, Mom, of course. really? But anyway, so today she sends me a Tesla photo, <laughs> Tesla Model X. She's like, this was really cool. It was in the parking lot. And I, and I sat there jaw-dropped because it's the first photo I've ever seen or in person I've ever seen of a Tesla that did not have a personalized license plate. It just had a number <laughs> on the back. Assigned by the state of California, number. There, there was no snarky nod to "I'm off the grid" or not using oil or somehow thanks, Elon, or something. The, it's just yeah. I think per capita. I carve my toothbrushes not, out of bamboo, and well, but, you know I'm better than the rest of you. But here's the thing: I'm yeah. not 
even if I'm actually not making a slight at Tesla's, I'm just saying per capita, I would love to see the stat because I bet you it's 70% of Tesla owners got some sort of personalized message on their plate. And I don't think I've I ever seen one. I bet it's higher one. than that. I bet it's closer than 90, and 95%. And staggering. I don't think I've ever seen one prior to this photo that did not have a personalized plate on it. And, and I, and <laughs> I love that's what you noticed, Looking too. at the photo, and I was like, what's wrong with Wait, this photo? It's just a number. What? <laughs> There's no hidden message. It's just you a seven followed by You mean they just bought it and they're just driving it? And they're it's not, craziness. It's just a car? So then, I thought my weirdness of the day was over. <laughs> I'm driving to your house just now. I brought my wife's Cayenne. Okay. Oh, you brought the Cayenne. I was so warm and insulated and quiet, I genuinely almost fell asleep. <laughs> That was the first thing. And then the second thing was, Brilliant. one of the things that woke me up was I exited the freeway, headed to your house, and yeah. in front of me was a Buick Cascada. Uh, That's the four-seat convertible Buick thing. I've never seen one it the on white the one? road. Yes. It lives here in my neighborhood. It does. Yeah. I followed it into your neighborhood. Yeah, he lives up the hill from me. I've never seen one on the road. Yeah, I see ever. every day. <laughs> 35 degrees in Park City today, yeah. and I'm driving behind a Buick Cascada going, am I in the Twilight Zone? Yeah, there's. it's right here in my neighborhood. Who? I, I just <laughs> That was weird. I've never seen one on the road. That's I've only funny. seen one on auto shows. Someone bought one. It was right it's in front of me. And Opal light. and the rest of the planet. But here, it's the Buick. So I wish it was a, a coupe. It'd be a guess, better looking car. But anyway. Yes, they like it. Well, yeah, it was so warm. I got the Porsche out on Tuesday. Took it down to Salt Lake. And it was delightful. I mean, crazy enough. We talk about winter tires. It was so warm and dry enough that the summers were great, as I'm mm-hmm, sure you mm-hmm, found, too. Mm-hmm. So I had the Cayman out. Had some meetings in Salt Lake, and then I was coming back up the hill, and a brand new Kia Stinger latched onto me. Really? And hung out with me for all the way up the hill to Park City. Hmm. And, you know, he's got more power than the Cayman. Everybody thinks, you know, for the way it looks, it should have 100 million horsepower. Sure. And it should just, as soon as I light the fires, I'm gone. Mm -hmm. No, there's a lot of cars that are actually faster have a lot more power than that car. It's just, you know, as soon as we hit a canyon, goodbye. Yeah, but that's the thing. There's some sections of 80 there that, that if you can hang with your car through those sections of 80, your car's halfway decent. Yes, and there were the tighter sections that you know. I was leaving him on those. He would sure. drop back, but sure. then he's got twin turbochargers, yeah. you know, 365 horsepower. I mean, he was just rocketing it behind again. me. Yeah, so yeah. we were hanging out at a really good clip. But I was just admiring the presence and stance of that car. Mm, it was mm. in gray. It was fully loaded, all-wheel mm. drive, GT, brand new. Mm. I don't know if it was his. I, Who cares? You got whatever. to see it on the road. Brand new tags. And I was just going, this car looks expensive yeah. and beautiful and classy. And We so need to shoot that car. We do. We do. I'm, uh, I'm hoping to get it uh, out of the press fleet uh, for season three. That is a good point. Which brings us to a lot of information. We're already talking about season three because (laughs) since season two is nearly done from our perspective as far as delivery is concerned, that means we have to shoot season three since that's supposed to be (laughs) third quarter of this year. Yeah, we have to go shoot a bunch more stuff. Uh, But that actually, you're right, that does lead to, hi, hi, by the way, to you listening to the podcast. We're 20 (laughs) minutes in, we're saying hello finally. Exactly. But um, there's a lot of actually TV updates. One is... Let's see, you're hearing this on a Friday. Tomorrow is our only not all-new episode, but a great episode from last season, Alpha. 
Julia yes. versus M3 Competition Pack. The Quadrifolio. Great road. Great yeah. piece. A lot of really good engine noise in that one. That is happening on Saturday. If you haven't seen that piece, we highly recommend it. Uh, we hope you'll watch it even if you have seen it because it looks We highly really, recommend our own stuff. We do. No, but no, because honestly, that's an episode I just <laughs> – I, I really I like that one. Us. I know, just but I really bit. like that episode. It's really cool. No, it is. It was a lot of even fun. Even if you've seen it, it looks it really good. It was a lot of high-speed driving. Yeah, for sure. So that's happening. But, but if you don't have velocity – Take hope. Yes. Good news, Because uh, by the time you hear this, it will be season two, episode one, so the first episode of this season, will be available on Vimeo. Yes. In the weeks to come, we're going to keep dropping an episode. It's finally here. Yes. Yes. So, again, those of you who don't have Velocity, Vimeo is, of course, worldwide. Yes, absolutely. So you can now, if you don't have Velocity in the U.S., then, yeah, you can get it on Vimeo. Now, that'll be available. There will be a charge for that. Now, if you want it free, it will be coming to YouTube. For any of you that are planning to buy the whole season, it is gonna, it's, it'll be the next six weeks. Here it comes. Mm-hmm. So think about that. Uh, the other thing to keep in mind, just so you don't go, hey, what just happened? In general, these YouTube episodes are going to drop once a month, once we start. Yeah, yeah. There is, they are going to have close proximity between when they're on Vimeo and when episode one drops on YouTube. It'll probably be like two weeks from now. So right. I don't want you to think, well, if I just wait a week or so, I can get it for free. No, then then episode two, if you think about it, will be a whole month away on right. YouTube. Right. So we can end up with uh, – we're going to shoot 12 episodes total this calendar year. Those 12 episodes are going to make up 12 months of YouTube content for big pieces to drop on YouTube, which seems to be the stuff that does the best for us on YouTube, even though – YouTube is less friendly to us than ever before, but okay. That's okay. We are also still investigating Amazon Prime Video as well. Yes. So still investigating that. Just keep uh, keep waiting. Uh, news to come on that. If we'll that's say. your preference, I would say this. If that's your preference, that will probably happen around the time all six are loaded on Vimeo. And I'm saying that not because we're trying to stagger it out, but because we have extra pieces we have to deliver to Amazon, and that's just taking longer. Mm-hmm. So uh, since yeah. they need extra uh, extra elements, I'll get geeky. That'll take a few minutes. So that, I'm suspecting by the time it actually converges and hits Amazon, it'll be close to all being up on Vimeo. Right, right. And then uh, we've also got to post season one mm-hmm. from, uh, f- yeah, Season one from season, season one. one. Season one TV will be on Amazon as but well. But the Velocity yeah. season on Amazon as well. Vimeo too, but also keep in mind if you are a patron of ours, the Vimeo seasons will be free to you as a thank you guys for uh, for supporting us. So that'll be at certain a levels. free code. Not everybody, not every certain but levels. Yes. yes, but anyway, there's so all, there's all of that information. Uh, massive download. All of that to say, if you would like to watch the show, you now can. That's a nice idea. Exactly. We'd love it if you're watching uh, Velocity, though, because that helps us for everything going forward. It helps us with viewership and sponsors and all of that. Speaking of our sponsors, last bit of business for right now, we do have Covercraft this year, which has been awesome. They've been great to us. Yeah, they really have. Griot's Garage, thank God. We've wanted to talk about them <laughs> no publicly kidding. forever. You are practically already <laughs> the prophet of Griot's Garage. Thank God we can talk about them. And, of course, uh, Nathan, our friend over at Auto Tempest, has been really good about just building up his site and wanting to have us alongside him. So that's been really cool. Absolutely. Yeah, I wanted to talk about Griots. Every time somebody says, Paul, how do you keep your what cars happens? looking so yeah. nice? I go, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. now we can. It's now, great. now there it is. So that is uh, the code every day for both Griots and Covercraft. Covercraft will give you free shipping mm-hmm. if you use the code every day. Griots will give you 10% off your order Which if is you really use the cool. code every day. Which so is really cool, yeah. Check out those guys. But anyway, on to the car debate. We have two excellent debates. Yeah. One of them is actually, well, these are both very difficult. 
and they both got great stories. We've mm-hmm. got Christian to start us off in Los Angeles. He found us when we joined Spike's Car Radio podcast back in December yeah. and found us. And I think many of you have. We've actually been getting a lot of response from, hey, I found you on Adam's show or Spike's Car yeah, Radio. Which is great. Thanks for Didn't joining know. Us. And now Christian says, I, I have friends that I can go bore with. You know, consider us your, you know, we if you are those talk about cars. Yes. Then you know you don't have to go unload on your best friend or your wife or your kids. And mm-hmm. Dad, could you stop yeah. talking to me about the cars you're thinking about buying? Yeah, or the entire office or anybody that'll listen will listen. And yeah. thank you for writing, Christian. We're really for really sure. thrilled. You know, I get into conversations at the local car club here. Yeah. People walk up to me and ask me buying questions. Oh, that's great. It's just we're, we're at Cars and Coffee. So that's great. So I was thinking about, you know, here, here's, here's the other side. A lot of it. of it is validation, though. Oh, you're absolutely right. It's, I, I'm thinking about buying I'm, this. Do you think that's good? <laughs> yes, I do think that's good. It, exactly. But, no, but here's Pat the other people part. people on the arm. Here's the other part of it. And, and, and look, obviously, we are not a political podcast. I want to mention an email we got in a minute. But we're not a political podcast. We're not talking about other news that's non-cars. We want this to be, if you will, yeah, an yeah. escape that is just about cars. That's absolutely. important to us. Yeah. But here is the flip side. It is possible for me to have thoughts about things that are not cars. It's just now I'm the car guy everywhere I go. So whenever I'm in a public place, I never end up talking about anything else. There's a, there's a conversation about politics or going on in this corner. And over in this corner, the party is talking about religion. I'm over here talking about cars. I'd and that's rather fine. talk about cars. No, no, honestly. no. That's fine. Every now and then I'm like, I I could talk about something else, I suppose. It's we do. Very we do. But it's, it's all the time for the podcast, of that's course. That's true. But well, actually, do. this does bring it up to an email that we got. And we've gotten a couple of these emails, literally like two in the last six months. But I want to mention this in case it happens to you, the listener. We got an email where somebody, they talked about how much they didn't like something they heard at the end of our podcast. And they thought, talking about how it was political and they didn't like political commentary. And I went, oh, wait, I know what's happened. If you guys hear something that is not read by Paul and I, that is not mentioned or talked about by our voices, that's been added by an algorithm. Yes. That stuff is tacked onto the podcast. And here's where it gets even weirder. It's regional. Yeah, it's local, regional. It can vary state to state. It can vary country to country, of Mm -hmm. course. I mean, everybody listening worldwide, you'll hear, of course, ads in different languages, wherever you're at. It's designed that way to be specific, and it changes as you listen to to the back catalog over time. It'll also change as well. That ad that you Mm -hmm. heard, you know, on an earlier podcast, that will have changed when you listen to it later. So that is, it's deliberate that way. Our our live reads don't change, but all the other stuff changes. I mean, literally, I've downloaded the podcast in California and gotten completely different ads than when I downloaded here. Yeah, it's amazing. And that's how it's supposed to work. My point here is this. If you hear a commercial you don't think goes with this podcast or you hear a news item that you think is frustrating to you or whatever, that's not our doing. Yeah, yeah. And and honestly, I hate to say this, because it's so regional and and niche to your area, we also don't have a way to control it. Yeah. Now, if you find it egregious, we'd be happy to hear. I'm sure podcasts want to be happy to hear. They want to make sure stuff is tailored to you guys. But we've got we got another email this week where somebody was frustrated about something they heard, and I realized it wasn't something we had control over. I just wanted you guys to kind of know how that happens so that so that if it happens to you, you have a recourse or you understand what's going on. It's it's algorithms. You're right. It's yeah, just absolutely. programming, and it, they just insert ads, you know, so – as you said, we don't have control, but we do have control over our suggestions for Christian. This As is true. I said, he is <laughs> he is in the parking lot that everybody worldwide calls Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. He can breathe again now that he's 
Got this off his chest. Been honest about the level of traffic. And it is abhorrent. (laughs) And it has gotten worse. And I don't say that because I moved out. I say that because the people I know that still live there are talking about how it's gotten worse. Really? I think it's the proliferation of ride sharing. I think everybody has decided, you know what? I'm going to go make a few extra bucks. And I'll just turn on the app, mm. and I'll cruise around and drive around. Well, now you've added to the congestion problem, <laughs> helping the rest of us when we land at an airport and we want to go from True. hotel to hotel True. or get across town or wherever we're going. Of course, yeah. it's excellent. Yeah, It's revolutionized transportation. For sure, for sure. But, of course, it's added. I mean, I remember there was one guy. I, I looked up uh, whatever it was, Uber or Lyft. I was looking mm-hmm. at the app, and I found uh, a car. Okay. And it was stationary. It wasn't moving around. And it was right across the street from my hotel. And I thought, oh, he's probably parked in a parking lot. And I looked over there, and it was nothing but apartment buildings. He sits in his apartment <laughs> and turns on the app and waits because he lives right across the street from this hotel. And he sure, knows people sure. need it all the time. So he'll just turn it on, watching TV. And when some somebody pops up, he'll walk out of his apartment, start his car, get in it, come across the street and pull through the hotel. Take you where you want to go. But he sits in his house. That's brilliant. It's That's the actually best. brilliant. Yeah. Anyway, so That's he's taking got advantage that of his location out. for sure. Yeah. Anyway, so back to Krishna again. <laughs> we digress. He has no garage. Mm-hmm. The kids, which there are three, <laughs> I love this. Have a nice playroom, and Dad has no garage. Uh-huh. He parks on the street or in the driveway. Yep. So get this. He says, in front of the house on public property is a nine-story tall tree that likes to do nothing but poop flowers on the cars below. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> we've all, we've all we've all lived somewhere where that happened to us. We've all lived somewhere where it was just you came out in the morning and you went, "What happened? Where did that? I just washed the." Yeah, <sighs> always, always happens. So we also had a base Carrera nine nine three, ooh, Porsche nine nine three, twenty thousand mile car that was stolen from in front of this house when he parked it there for fifteen hours. Yep, we are sorry to hear that. That's yeah, a no massive kidding. bummer. No so. Kidding. Obviously, there's some uh, some things around this debate. He yes. doesn't get to hide it. Yep. So there's security, there's weather, there's mm-hmm. cats walking over it and yep. mice yep. nesting in it, maybe. And Easy. Yeah, but hopefully not. Anyway, yep. so there's there's problems, but he does have a good, healthy budget to spend here. He does, which is great. He's got about fifty to $60,000 to spend, which I promptly shotgunned up to 65000 Of course you did. And uh, not surprised. I, I think... Um, I think I've got a really excellent choice here. Good, good, good. He owned a BMW E92 M3 manual in blue with the competition package. He says... Great car. Yeah, shifting constantly, but he had the sciatica nerve damage in his left leg while he was sitting in traffic. So I think Christian, you're open to manual, maybe. I, but I think we're leaning automatic here, and but, I think but and, automatic and is probably preferable. LA is the automatic world. I mean, it is. I, 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 I was even susceptible because you know I bought that 300 ZX that I yeah, loved. Yeah. I was perfectly happy to buy it and use it in automatic. Was it a great automatic? No. Was I glad I had an automatic five days a week? <laughs> yes. The only time I didn't Heck, like having yeah. an automatic was the hundred miles I did on a Sunday morning. Then I wished I had a manual. The rest of the time. Couldn't be happier to have an automatic. So, yeah. yes, you're sitting in traffic. Traffic's getting worse. I will give you the full pass on getting an automatic here. I think that is the call. Um, he said his wife has a GL450. Yep. And he Mercedes. has an X3. And they're both staying. Yes, and he also had an 08 535. So if you haven't caught on yet, he's BMW guy. That's German happened a bit. Car yes. guy, mm-hmm. For sure, actually. yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right, so he's got the kids. Back to the kids. He says, little people generally in need of a ride. 
or attention or the milk. Oh, the milk. Yes. Well, but we've talked before about, <laughs> you know, whatever your interior is, if you have little, I mean, little ones, if you have little ones, whatever your interior is, that is going to, to be the recipient of something flying in a sippy cup <laughs> or something getting projected out because their stomach isn't happy. I mean, you just have to, you have to accept the fact that this is life. And it so is. you have to, you have to have an interior that it doesn't mean it can't be nice, but you have to be aware of the fact that it also can't be precious because something on this interior is going to be nasty at some point. The back of my wife's <laughs> passenger seat in the Cayenne, which we try to keep clean, and my wife does you a, do great a great job great of keeping clean. Job, yeah. The back of that seat is in front of my son's feet. Yeah. It is impossible to keep the back of that seat clean. And yeah, he's he not, at this a point, a messy kid. He just gets in, in a way, by the way, in a way that adults no longer get into vehicles because we're just too big. He gets in sideways and he stands up and he spins around and he spins his jacket and then he kicks the seat and then he sits back and he gets his seatbelt and he kicks the seat again. It's like, you're doing a dance. And <laughs> just, I, just, just, sit just sit down, buckle your seatbelt. We're done. <laughs> I love it. All right. So, Christian, welcome home. You said you're OCD with cars. You have found the right place, my friend. His family collects cars in all shapes and sizes, and he feels like it's his turn, but mm-hmm. the kids have kind of kept him from doing so. Understandable. Understandable. So, again, keep in mind, 50 to 60 grand, yep. maybe 65 for the right car. He gives us a laundry list of fun cars. I mean, these are all very good cars that are mm-hmm. very good contenders. I mean, we're talking Audi R8s, Mustang GT350, mm-hmm. M2, M3. The Lotus Evora S is on here, too. I noticed that. Christian, you've clearly been doing some shopping. You've been listening to the podcast. Well, but that's the problem. He shopped, himself into, he shopped himself into oblivion. He well, shopped yeah. himself into a place where he's paralyzed. I mean, he also is intrigued by the Alpha 4C, the Jaguar F-Type, the Nissan GTR. What about a 997 4S? Hey, maybe a Hellcat. Oh, look, they have M5s. I mean, this is, this is exactly. talk about a disease. that You practically have a fever right now. It's all bad. So we need to see if we can, can focus this a little bit and get you a, a car that – will do all of these things. Because let's be honest, the I mean, the Jaguars on here, the four C's on here, there are cars that are only two seats on here. But they're few yeah. and far between. Hopefully it has, needs to have a little bit of usability, even though, thank God, that X3 staying. So you're going to have two cars that can haul kids. Mm-hmm. E- either one of you can haul kids today, which is okay. So hopefully it's fun, but it can't be we're, – we're not buying you in a lease. Let's put that put it that way. No, that's for sure. And you'll notice on this list of, of emailed cars here – he has uh, – it's not a negative thing to say. It's just more of a, a reason that he's considered it, but it's kind of off the list. And he's done that to every car except for the Jaguar F-Type. Mm-hmm. He says the R version from CarMax actually kind of feels like the right mix. You know, maybe this one. And so before we even begin, good thing we know the nice folks at Covercraft because – Mm. Honestly, for both the security reasons and parking outside under that nine-story tall tree, you're going to want to get something from them to protect that thing. Whatever it is, you end up getting. You're right. I mean, that's the thing is that I'm parking that Mini outside now, and I have a cover for it. And I am surprised at how well that cover fits. It's great. And and that is the key that's parking under this tree. That really is. Yeah. And and forget for a second that Covercraft is a friend of ours and helped us get the TV show going. Forget that for a second. You need a car cover. Yeah, just do. absolutely. You're parked underneath a tree. Absolutely. Luckily, because of Covercraft and our connection with him, we can help you save you a little money, and their covers <laughs> are great. So it works out both ways. But there's no, there's really no way to defend other than covering that car up somehow. 
Yeah. There's just no way around it. Agreed. Well, Christian, I've got three choices for you, and the okay. Jag is on my list. So that is choice number one. I'm backing your play there because you've had BMWs. Mm-hmm. You're saying Alpha 4C, back problems. You like the 993 or the 997 Carrera idea, but, you know, everybody in L.A. has one for the wrong reasons. In silver and black. Yeah. Silver and black and, you know, Lotus Evora, parking outside, the M2 feels too small. Which I'm surprised by, that the M2 is too small. That Really? That's the right car, I feel. That's up there, but it's not on my list. So where I went, keep that bunch in mind, the second place is the 2007 Aston Martin Vantage for $46,000. Yeah. Or get a newer one and spend closer to the top of your budget. But you could. why not? You could. I agree with you. Get it in the automatic, mm-hmm. and you mm-hmm. will buy that car for the engine note alone. Christian, you will weep. Every time you start that car, wow! With that's a throwdown. Of that's a throwdown of joy and of pleasure. I hear and- you, but but you need to back it off a bit. I, 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 I hear I, you. I, yeah. Well, but this is a great alternative to that Jaguar F-Type. It really is a which one would you prefer? Yeah. Obviously, the Jaguar is going to be a lot newer, but which one did you prefer? I think the Aston's going to feel more like an event, and I say that knowing that the Jaguar feels like an event. I agree. I mean, it's not like, oh, this is fine, and Aston's cool. The Jag is really cool. Yeah, it's it's way up there. And I'm, yeah, I'm I'm with you, you know? The German cars, everything you've listed, it'd be fun, but I just don't want you to think, okay, yeah, I could see it. It'd be fun for a few weeks, a few months, and then what? I don't want you to come to that place. I want you to have this enthralling excitement every time you think of that car that's Mm -hmm. parked out in the driveway or... Ideally in the driveway, not in the street. So my first choice for you, I had to look back. Okay. And we've talked about this car a lot on the podcast before, but it's an Acura NSX. Ooh. You can get a lot of NSXs that are you really top can. quality. You really for can. 60 to 65, you've got, yes, a plethora of choices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm finding white ones with the tan interior with 33,000 miles. Ooh, and that's pretty. You know, original 92, 93s, the, the target tops. I'm, you know, 50,000 miles. I mean, brilliant shape. They've, of course, been covered indoors. They've been babied. The car will be just like the car was intended. It'll feel like a Honda Accord cruising around. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, you're going to be tempted by Malibu and all the canyons out there. And just just go. Yeah. Get on PCH and just drain the gas tank. Honestly. That's that's really one of the struggles here is that Christian's talking about how he really isn't going to do much but commute in this car. And Christian, I'm going to encourage you as best I can. Have a conversation with your wife. Hi, wife. Uh, have a conversation with because she's probably listening at this point. I'm hey, sure. Hey, honey, listen to what these idiots said. <laughs> anyway, no, but but have a conversation with your wife and figure out: Can you carve out? Is it a Sunday morning? Is it a Sunday afternoon? When is it that is an off time that you can? I'm not sure what part of LA you're traveling to and from, but see if you can get yourself. There's roads probably a half hour from wherever you live. Wherever you are in LA, there's probably a good road of roughly a half hour away. He's saying he's so uh, I mean, he's talking about Culver City and Burbank, and so yeah. that would put him up in in the valley where a lot of the best roads are. You can get up uh, Highway that Two, area of town, sure. You can go you can go uh, west and get out to uh, you know oh there's so many roads out out in the Malibu range of things. I mean, oh yeah, you know so much of Mulholland and all of that. That NSX comes in automatic too. You it can does. find them with automatics. My, I guess my point is, I really hope you'll get some opportunity to just go even if it's for an hour or so, get some good drives in regularly in this car mm-hmm. to remind you why you can be a car guy and not just sit in traffic. 
and I'm not, look, a lot of times we talk about tracking and that kind of stuff on this podcast. I'm not even talking about that. I'm just talking about you live where some of the best roads in the nation are closest to one of the biggest cities in the world. Yeah. Just it's true. steal yourself away for a bit. Figure that out because I think you're going to love whatever car you get a lot more and appreciate it a lot more because it's not just a traffic appliance. I still want you to enjoy it in traffic, and that's why we're trying to walk that line. But all the stuff we're talking about, Aston Martin Vantage, go for a cruise on Mulholland. Yes, please. When can I do that? Heck, Jaguar uh, F-Type. All of the NSX is brilliant, though. I, I hadn't even thought of that. I love that. For 60 to 65. You get a nice one. You get a nice one. There really are. And it's just, just going to run. I'm shocked. It's going to run. Yeah. It'll be fine sitting outside under a cover. Yeah. Please. But honestly, I mean, automatic, manual, take your pick. There's loads mm. of choices. Mostly they're in red and white, which is fine. Yeah. Great. Um, yeah, I just, I'm loving that because I think, ah, NSX, I mean, how cool is that? Comfortable. But, yeah. you know, just such an amazing car, such a fun car. So that's where I'm at. Those are okay. my top three. All right. I've got a few to talk about here for Christian. I, I want to speak to the 997 Carrera real quick. It is, uh, we've talked about the hierarchy cars in LA. You start as an assistant, you're driving a Civic or whatever, right? You're driving that kind of appliance uh-huh. car. Yes. And then you step up and you're now in a three series. Oh, yes. You, you might branch out and get a C-class, but you're generally in a three series. It's like the food pyramid. It is kind of like that. Only for cars. Uh, and, and still in silvers and blacks. You can't, why would you get a color? Why would anybody do that? I don't understand And then deviation. if you step up from that, there's one of two things. Do you need... Uh, utility, and then you got a Range Rover in silver or black. Or do you want a I'm a I'm a flashy more sports car person, and now you got a 911 in silver or black. This is kind of the parking yeah. lot of your typical studio executive. That's kind of what happens there. Pretty much. Uh, so yeah, here's the thing. I think a 997 is a great idea for you. Go get a bold color. Get a yellow. Get a red. Get a really bright blue. Buy a gray one and wrap it in something nice and Purple. awesome. It doesn't matter. My point is, what's going to separate that car out is you just got a color that says, yes, you're right, this car comes in a color. Okay? <laughs> you're the brightest thing yeah. in four cars around you in all directions because everything else is silver and black. Then that 997 is decent. I think you'd really enjoy it. I do think it's, it's a prospect for you, and the PDK is your friend. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So you'd like that. I'm going to back your play on the Jaguar F-Type. The NSX is interesting. Uh, I wanted to talk about a couple others that aren't on here. Okay. If you're going to look, you're looking for a fun car, okay? And you mentioned on this list that the two cars that intrigue you are the Mustang GT350. I noticed this. Cool, but best of luck getting one at cost, and I really want you in an automatic. That's right. I just said I want you in an automatic sports car. Is that the T-shirt? Yes, exactly. So GT350 is Is that Uncle Sam pointing at you? I want you in an automatic. (laughs) Frightening, yes. Oh, no. But then the other car you mentioned in passing is you just kind of – I feel like the way this car is mentioned in here is you just kind of laugh at it as you go by, like, wouldn't that be cool? And then you think you're insane. And that is the Dodge Challenger Hellcat. Which says to me, those two cars being on your list say to me, and, and both of them you kind of treat with the same way, which is, would I kill myself for this car? Would that be the death of me? Would this be my coffin? I mean, that's kind of your question. So that tells me that you certainly could. Yeah, that tells me there's a part of you that would really like that kind of muscle car flair. Mm-hmm. So I thought, all right, two cars you need to go drive. Go drive a Camaro SS1LE. I'm not talking ZL1. The SS1LE. Load out a Camaro SS. Okay. Yep. That car's going to be great. You can get it in the auto, and I, but yeah. here, go drive it. See what you think of the visibility. I suspect the thing that's going to hinder that car for you to drive it every day in Los Angeles is going to be the visibility and traffic. But it's a cool car. People and do. Exactly. And it's the Hellcat with slightly less madness in the engine, only slightly, slightly less mad- madness in the engine, and it's not quite the big bruiser that the Hellcat is. But that led me somewhere else that I like even better. 
Okay. You're looking at the Jaguar. Paul's brought up the Vantage, which is also really nice. Please, Christian, please, please go drive a C7 Corvette. Mm. You could spec that out any way you want for your budget. You could just go get one. It's right in your budget line. Yeah. Yeah. You got to get the Z51 pack. With the Z51, that's that's a must. But but you can get that in auto. Mm-hmm. I mean, in a perfect world, you'd have it in a manual, but that's not what we're talking about here. Get it in an auto. Interesting. That car's great. Really take a serious look at the C7. I think it's worth it. I think it's worth a drive to destroy all your preconceived notions about that car, Christian. Well, and I also... At least a drive. Before you throw yeah. it out and go, yeah. uh, Corvettes, blah, whatever. But I also wonder this. He thinks the M2 feels too heavy. Not a C7 problem. I mean, too, feels too big. Well, he was... Yeah, he was uh, saying... The sorry, M2's sorry, too, too small. small. Too small. Yeah, actually. And doesn't, doesn't want the M3. Feels like the M5 is too big. I mean, we, we're wrestling all of these things. But the Jaguar survives in this discussion. Two seats, smallish car. So yeah. it's like, all right, that C7 is every bit the same size. And I also wonder, you're concerned. You, you, you kind of mention and then take out the Evora and the Alpha as too small, maybe too finicky. But those are straight-up sports cars. Mm-hmm. I think the C7 walks that line of you're not going to feel too precious, like, wait, I can't touch it. What if something happens? It's just going to run. But yet it still maintains the kind of exotic thing you've leaned toward and then walked away from in things like the R8, the Evora, the 4C, the straight-up sports cars. It's got that. Sure. So that's why I really like the C7. And then I have one that isn't on here, and I thought, okay, your dad, kids, usability, fun, traffic, commute. Yeah. Sedan. Yeah. Alpha Julia, Quadrifolio. Interesting, but I don't think they're 65 yet. It's going to be 70. I think that's the Achilles heel. It's going to be 70 right now. But, but I thought that's it's a good choice. really interesting. He's a BMW history. Yeah. I think it le- plays right into that. But I wonder about a lease because then he doesn't have to worry about reliability. True. Can you afford a lease? Can you get one for a couple of years and just see if you like this car? Get and stolen, it's an auto. Go get another one. <laughs> and it's like an auto. potato chips. <laughs> that's terrible. They're Pringles. Right? Yeah, exactly. A can of Julia No one can drive just one. Anyway, um, no. Fresh tennis balls. But, but I, really, I really do think, there you go, I really do think that it's worth taking a look at, seeing what your lease options are. I mean, I feel like everybody that I knew leased a car in L.A. anyway and wrote it off. So go, go look at a Quadrifoglio, see what you can get for a lease price. I know the lease prices aren't cheap, but that's it might be a way to sample that car. That's up there. That's yeah. up there. But that's really, I like the idea. All right. Well, Christian, uh, yeah, you've clearly got some driving to go do. Please let us know uh, if you're so inclined. And if you've got your own debate, please write to us at EverydayDriverTV at Gmail. Many of you are. Thank you so much. Even if it's just drop us a line. Hey, what's on your mind? We love reading all those emails. For sure. If we cannot get to yours, we apologize. But we do look for uh, for great stories. And and uh, we do our best. Let's just put and, it there. And one of us is reading them either way. Yeah, and for there, sure. there is a torrent, and we've asked for it, and we're glad. We, so we've thank you for writing deliberately, in. and also asked for it. Yes. Thank you to all of you that are that are rating and reviewing the podcast. That's that's a growing number of you as well. So thank you so much. If you haven't yet, we would really appreciate it. It helps keep us in the top ten. More people finding us, just like Christian did, which is great. So thank you, thank you for that. Yes, agreed. Well, guys, we're going to take a break, and we shall come back. Here's some useful car tips you might not be aware of. A coffee filter and a little bit of olive oil can clean your interior. Removing excess weight from your car will improve the gas mileage. Why? Because the car is now lighter. And you can place your key fob on your chin or against your temple and increase its range. Weird, right? Well, here's another tip you might not be aware of. True Car also helps people get used cars. That's right. True Car isn't just for buying new cars. With their certified dealer network and nationwide inventory of nearly 1 million used cars, you'll enjoy real pricing on actual inventory and a simpler buying experience whether you buy new or used. 
And with TrueCar, users can see what other people paid so they know if they're getting a good deal before they're buying. They're also more likely to enjoy a faster buying experience by connecting with a TrueCar certified dealer. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, check out TrueCar and enjoy a more confident buying experience. Some features not available in all states. Everybody's got a to-do list. You know, drop off the dry cleaning, pick up some milk. Here's an idea. Let's add save hundreds of dollars on car insurance to that list. And the good thing is, you don't have to drop off or pick up anything. All you do is go to Geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could be saving 15% on your car insurance, or maybe even more. Got extra money in your pocket? This just may be the most rewarding thing you do today. Let's talk about your bucket list for a minute. That's right, your bucket list. You know what should be on it? A trip to one of the greatest spectacles in all of motorsports, the Indy 500. I'm not talking any trip, but the ultimate Indy 500 fan experience. That's even in quotes. This is exactly what Amsoil, maker of some of the best synthetic motor oils on the planet, is giving away this spring. One lucky grand prize winner will win the trip of a lifetime to the Indy 500 to watch some of the fastest cars and best drivers battle to have their names etched alongside the greats like Foyt, Andretti, Unser, and Castro Nevis. But that's not all. That's right, that's not all. Listen to what else awaits this grand prize winner. There's pit access, dinner with an Indy 500 legend, VIP track access, suite access to watch the race, $1,000 in cash for incidental travel or event-related expenses, round-trip airfare for two people to and from Indianapolis, Indiana, hotel accommodations for two people for five nights at a hotel near the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, Grand transportation to and from the airport, hotel, and speedway, and multiple chances to meet the drivers. Just like they do when making high-performance synthetic motor oils, Amsoil went the extra mile with this sweepstakes. And if that's not enough, 10 first-place winners will receive one free digital download code for the Monster Energy Supercross, the official video game. To enter the Amsoil Ultimate Indy 500 Fan Experience, text INDY to 41487. That's Indy to 41487. Or you can visit amsoil.com slash Indy. Geico presents eyewitness interviews with inanimate objects. This is Brian Bruno live on the scene of a recent windstorm here to describe the event, the chest of drawers. There's a storm howling outside, so I thought I'd stay in and watch a rom-com. Five minutes into the flick, a tree branch slams through the window. Were you hurt? <laughs> I just got a scratch on my chest. Your chest of drawers can't help you in a windstorm, but the GEICO Insurance Agency can help you get covered for personal property damage. Call GEICO to see how affordable homeowners insurance can be. We're back with Thomas, who's writing into us from Dallas. Uh, I actually, uh, my, my wife is from Dallas. I might return to Dallas soon. I'm wondering, <laughs> yes. honestly, here, here's a half-serious question. Dallas listeners, here's a half-serious question. Um, if, if... I was going to be in Dallas in the near future, and I might be. Hypothetically speaking. And no, but I might be because yeah. uh, family stuff and all that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm wondering about a very casual dinner-related meetup. If there's interest, send us a message on Facebook. I'd be very curious to hear. I think you definitely should. I'd just be very curious to know what the interest level is. I mean, mm -hmm. it would be very extremely informal. Hey, I'll be at this restaurant, but I wonder. How far is Dallas from Austin? Like, can you do a reconnaissance out to Coda? <laughs> any any it's, time for that in not, the schedule? It's, it's about three hours, about two and a half, three hours. Okay. All so right. probably not going to happen, but, right. uh, but I hear you. Uh, so anyway, so, so that's, that's a side note. But so Thomas is writing in from Dallas, and he's, his description is, okay, first-time buyer of a car, wants a small car for a big man, should he get a manual, what's the best color for hot climates? This is the headline. And then it gets nuts. 
uh, Thomas says small car for big man. That normally I think me. No, 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 no. He's like one and a half times the size of us. Yes. Uh, he describes himself as NFL sized 6'2", 330 pounds. 330. Thomas, you're a big guy. You're not. You are not kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Currently drives a uh, black 2008 1500 Chevy Silverado 4x4 crew cab. Also a large truck. Because it's Texas. And because that car's not going anywhere and it will never die. And he's put a bunch of money into it. And that's the forever car. That's just like, I live in Texas. I'm a big guy. I have a truck. Done. Mm. That exists. But now he's shopping small sports cars. This is an amazing And I'm reading this debate. thinking, amazing. sure you are. You're shopping small sports cars. And then he talks about he found a, a Mazda Miata and fell in love. And I'm sitting here <laughs> no. with this visual thinking about how uncomfortable I am in a Mazda Miata and still loving them and going, Thomas, hats off, man. How wide are your shoulders? And I'm thinking, how wide is the uh, the Miata? I mean, are you going to have yeah. to turn it into a McLaren and center seating position? Just about. Just I mean, about. Man, this is this is an yeah. amazing story here. Thomas, thank you for writing in. And as Todd said, he is looking at Miatas. His debate is that he drives a lot for work, so 300-plus miles in a week, which is a lot. And he says even though he gets reimbursed, he says, well, it really kind of gets old spending $100 a week on gas. Mm -hmm. I'm sure it's every bit of that. Now, he was looking for just, you know, fix the truck, get a new car. Then he found our Mazda Miata reviews and then wrote in. So here he is. He's wanting something higher miles to the gallon. Well, anything past it's a that low, truck it's is a low, low bar. Easy. We will succeed. That's one place we will succeed, Thomas. <laughs> we will. Wherever we go, we will succeed there. It also has to be a convertible, and he says a light throwable. Our word is chuckable, but mm -hmm. throwable works. Take him around town and sometimes out of town for work-related activities. Pretty much the exact opposite of that truck. So, he says... And also, by the way, Thomas, you... And I say this, I'm looking at myself and Paul as well. We are not the body types these cars were built around. No. No, no. So, it's it's a massive sacrifice. We have a guy, I've actually got a, a question coming up from him uh, later, Corey, who was on our last pilgrimage trip. Yes. Corey's about 5'9". Yeah. Corey is that perfectly sized person. Zach Clapman, that, that's on Smoking Tires. Zach exact is same the same thing. size. They're the same size guy. These are the exact perfect person you want to be. That's the size they for you. If you clothes would like to have and shoes in your size. Clothes, shoes, and yeah. you fit in every car. Yeah. And until Corey, Corey wrote in a long time ago for his, for his boss, Jack. We did a car debate for Jack. Jack's taller than we are. Oh, yeah. He's... And Corey said to me, he's privately on, uh, not so privately now, but he said privately on the, on the pilgrimage trip, he said, you know what? Before I started working with, with Jack and listening to you guys, I'd never thought about, will you fit in this car? It never crossed his mind, because why would it? Because <laughs> he is essentially the analog for the size person you build yeah, a car around. Perfect size. You and I are not, and neither is our friend Thomas. That's where this gets really difficult. Okay, so this truck, he uses it to move stuff around. He goes duck hunting mm -hmm. and camping a fair amount. And he said, it's going to look ridiculous when I show up in waders and all camouflage and everything in a Miata. I still really want you to. I just do. That's an image <laughs> that I want to see. That's, that's can you perfect. At least send a picture. Whenever, whatever car you get, Thomas, can you just send us this photo? Anyway, all right. So he's uh, thinking Miata, but he's writing to us for the, uh, the choices in a $12,000 budget range. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. High MPG, think convertible, fun sports car. He's been looking at big man modifications. I'm guessing that means drop the seat or generally, 
you know, take a sawzall and cut the entire center console out. Um, but new seat rails is the most common one. Take the inside door panel out, you know, for your shoulders to fit. You know what? I'll actually, I'll actually give you one, Thomas. Uh, and I don't know, I don't know how you're built, but here's the thing: a very common one is to put the Lotus Elise seats in a Miata. Mm-hmm. Yep. Guys have gained like four to six inches doing this of headroom. Well, yeah, because I mean, those seats a are lot so tiny. Yeah. And all they do is slide forward and back. They don't do anything else. So yeah. you're tall enough. That could work. I, that, I find that really interesting. And what's, what's fascinating is when you see pictures online, go ahead and look it up. You see pictures online of this being done. They look great in a Miata. A lot of cars, you know, you put other seats in, and the, if it's not the factory seats, it yeah. never looks quite right. The size and proportion doesn't fit what yeah. was intended. Yeah. The Miata looks great with Lotus seats. That's, the, that's like the ultimate tall man mod for the, for the Miata, but you can get just lower seat rails. It gets you a couple inches most of the time. Or there's like a, there's like a they call it the foamectomy or whatever. You take pieces out of the seats, and there's all kinds of ways to do it. Yeah. Or you can just sit on phone books, right? Just take the seat out. Perfect. Sit on a couple that's of phone gonna books. That's going to be perfectly safe. You're good. Yes. Mm-hmm. What could possibly go wrong? Okay, so he's also asking the last question is, what is the, the best color for hot places? He said this black truck is... Kind of like driving a skillet when it's warm. Mm-hmm. I can see that. Yeah. I also kind of envision Thomas as the kind of guy that can tear a skillet in half, actually. Possibly. He's so well, big. But, but let's, let's just answer that question real quick. Uh, the opposite of black. Go exactly. silvers, whites, yellows, possibly even a bright red. The, the brighter colors reflect. They Definitely. just reflect the color. And you want to get like a sunshade. You can get a sunshade when you're parking your car. Covercraft has those. Uh, but that, that's another option as well. I mean, just in, in the in the summer months, I swear by that sunshade. I never thought I'd like it. But I, when I go down to Salt Lake to work sometimes, I park in a place where the car is facing the sun all day, mm-hmm. like the, the windshield is. That sunshade makes all kinds of difference. And I'm not in Texas. I, I, I am from Texas, and I'd wish, I wish I'd had a sunshade. I'm yeah. just saying. No kidding. Or you could just bring eggs and have breakfast all the time. You could, yes. But lunch. go with the bright colors. That's the yeah. solve. That's yeah, the for solve sure. for sure. All right. So, Thomas, I came up with five choices for you. Good grief. $12,000. I only okay. pushed on one of these choices, and I'll get to that shortly, but I love your Miata. I actually found the third-generation NC MX-5 Miata. It's a 2009 with only 50,000 miles Okay. with a manual transmission. That's something else that he's mentioned to us about, huh, maybe I should go learn to drive a manual. I think it would ramp your sports car driving experience up tremendously. It would, for I sure. I think you should learn. I think you should investigate this. All of these cars that I'm suggesting, well, exception of one, you could get in an automatic. But I think to to keep pushing yourself, push, you know, you're going to sports car. Let's go manual too. Possibly, I think it depends. I think you're going to have to drive these cars because uh, I've got options in both categories as well. I think you're going to have to drive them in both and have a serious thought about how you're going to use it because you're going to use it like Christian that we just talked about. You're going to sit in traffic a lot. You're going to hate you have the manual. Yeah, but Dallas if you, is a concrete be, jungle. If it's going to be more of your fun car then I'm going to definitely push you toward manual. Well, that's but kind how of are you thinking? using it? You said I'm going to get out of town, you know, yeah, open yeah, road but, maybe. But if he's going to commute a lot in it, that's where I, I really – and that's the thing we can't answer is how much does he think he'll use right. it. But, but most of these cars that I'm going to list I think are both ways, so it's good to have the option for sure. Okay, so back to this Miata, $12,000. I found it at Breakaway Honda in Greenville, South Carolina. It's ready to go for sale, Twelve grand. Wow, if you yeah. don't buy it, somebody needs to buy this car. It's fantastic. It's the sport and mm. manual, on and on and on. It's great. Uh, I also looked at the 2007 Mercedes SLK 280. Ooh, interesting. Now, this okay. is an automatic. All right. 
and also very sports car like. You mentioned mm-hmm. also that uh, you're not really into the Mustang Camaro thing, yeah, which seems like a natural choice. You're leaning more towards the Miatas, the Z3s and Z4s mm-hmm. of the world. So that was in my mind. The, the little stuff. And I, and I applaud you. Stuff. I really do. Yeah. So then that led me, your suggestions here led me to the 2000 BMW M Roadster. If you're going to get a Z3, get an M Roadster. Get the more yeah. power, get yeah. everything, those wider fender flares, mm-hmm. muscular car. I actually like the stance of that car a lot better. I like the Z3 when it is the M Roadster. $12,000, honestly. I mean, those might have a little bit higher mileage, but okay. I mean, yeah. take care of it, drive it. I, I think they're fantastic. Yeah. Uh, led me to an early Porsche Boxster, say a 986 uh, Boxster. That was the top of my list right there. It's top That's of up my there. List. A lot of those cars came in silver, which would be a lot cooler. It would be. Yeah, uh, it wouldn't be hotter. My uh, wildish kind of choice for you to investigate is a 2010 Nissan 370Z Touring Roadster, manual transmission. I found one in red. Did for you just under 14k? Good, good, good. So this is interesting. You and I, you and I got car. close to the same places on this. There's choices out there, and mm-hmm. when you really start thinking this through, there's more choices than you think. You don't have to gravitate towards Mustang and Camaro, even though... True, true, true. Sure, it could be easy, but I love that you're looking looking at the small stuff. I don't yeah. think an Elise is in your future. Really, really isn't, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, those are my choices for you. I kind of dig the SLK. That could be an interesting choice, but I could definitely see a rock in the M Roadster. Uh, 2000 I like M that. Roadster. That's good. Blue. That's really good. Those yeah, cool they cars, are cool. They and are they've cool. dropped in price. If they've been driven, if they're pristine garage queens, then no, they're going to be yeah. Yeah, yeah. 20, 30 grand, but... But otherwise, yeah, I'm I'm thinking that. Interesting. I'm kind of all over the map here a little bit, but we got close on a few. Okay. Uh, I've got a wild card I want to bring up at the end because I'm just kind of like, huh. But one of the things I did is I'm, I'm not all in convertibles. I want to get you cars that are fun to drive. And I want to get you options of things that, okay, maybe a, a step bigger than the stuff you're looking at because you might need the room. Because okay. The Miata is glorious. For your left shoulder, you mean? Exactly, exactly. So you can put both shoulders in the car. Right. The Miata is great for this 10 minutes, but what about when you've got a 10-hour drive? Yeah, true. It's that kind of stuff. True. So I've got some bigger stuff on here as well. Um, One of the big ones I want to mention that is not a Camaro or Mustang, but is, I feel like, the big man sports car that gets overlooked and you can get them cheap. Pontiac GTO. Can. You can. It's not a convertible, but okay. No, but a lot of room in that car. Gobs, powerful four hundred plus horsepower, depending on the spec you get. Yeah, good, good chassis, good handling chassis. Those I mean, seats are large, by the way. It's a, it's a big car. It's a big yeah. car for anybody. I mean, it's, it's a nice, good size two plus two. So it's worth taking a drive in. I know that I'm, I've left a lot of what you're asking for, but I'm just trying to think about usability for you too. Hmm. And if you're going to commute in it, if you're going to commute in it a hundred degree day in Dallas, and just really be glad you've got the top closed. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, and the air conditioning and going. Air yeah, exactly. So I'm just wondering. Yeah. So that's an option there. Uh, I know another non-convertible, but I really think you have to drive it. Mm-hmm. Have you driven the 86? I mean, that's a good one. Go drive the 86 yeah, platform because yeah. honestly, when we've done some some back-to-backs, we did one. I mean, this season one, uh, this episode one of season two has an 86 and a Miata side by side. And what's fascinating yeah. is when you get in those two cars, they're they're fairly close in scale to each other when you see them. They're within a few hundred pounds of each other in weight. You climb in the 86 and you wonder where it found that much room. Mm, yeah. It's just, it's flat out roomy by comparison to a Miata. When, yeah, yeah, that so, way it is. 
Otherwise, so in that regard, it's tiny. But yeah, yes. exactly. So, so that's what I'm saying. It still checks the box of being a small, lightweight, interesting sports car. Mm-hmm. But yet, I think it might add a usability factor that would be worthwhile for Thomas. So I think you have to drive that. Okay, I mean, good. I'm closer to the Miata world in that regard. You're talking about used convertibles. You want sporty. You want you know options. It needs to be twelve grand. What about an E46 M3 convertibles? The convertibles are cheap. That's true. The the, the hard tops the are hard actually hard tops are hanging on to money, going you know, back up, getting traded, exact kind of thing. But the the convertibles, there's a ton of them, and they're just cheap. Are they twelve grand? Good oh, ones. Oh yeah, they're cheap. Wow. They're, they've been running. They've been running four to six grand cheaper than the hard tops the entire drop. When you yeah. think about the fact you can find E46s now for under twenty. Interesting. So uh, look at an E46 convertible because you think well, an M3 is too big for this discussion. But not the E46 now is a smallish car. That's got the scale of it like an 86, if you think yeah. about it. Well, I mean, yeah, the M3 has grown over the years. Mm-hmm. That's Absolutely. for sure. So I think that's worthwhile. You brought up the 370. I wanted to say go any of the Zs, 300ZX or 350. Could. Shop those cars. Could. They're affordable. They're great fun to drive. They've got a good amount of space. You know, convertible 300ZX is a cool car. I honestly would say to you, don't even get a convertible. That car's got T-tops. It does. I never liked the 350 convertible. I never liked the look of it when the top was down. That's why I, was, I yeah. liked the 300, but that's why I pushed on the 370. No, a three, if you can get the 370, 370 over 350, it's the newer, better, refined car. I get it. But 300ZX. Yeah. yeah, that'd be cool, actually. You could find the nicest one in Dallas for twelve grand, oh, and yeah. it's got T-tops. Yeah, so true. problem solved when we want to be convertible, but also the roof. Trust me, I drove one all the time in all weather. That roof closes up wonderfully well. Car is also wider than you think. Yeah. It actually has some girth to it's it. It's got a good amount of but space it's in low. it. Low. Yeah, it it feels it feels like a much lighter car that is weighs over three thousand pounds. Doesn't feel like it. Yeah. So I think the three hundred ZX is a really good option. I want to put that out there. And then I have a wild card. Okay. Where I was just thinking, okay, it's not a convertible. You can get them. It's a it's a pretty impressive GT sports car experience. Okay. Porsche nine twenty eight. I love I'm in it. total wildcard territory, I love it. but that's got power, presence. It's a great chassis. It's fun to drive. You could commute in it. They are stupid cheap right now. If, now, granted, well, one just one just sold on Bring a Trailer for like ninety grand, so they're starting. Yeah, to turn. not the ones that I've been looking at. They're not, but yeah, well, exactly. But you know. I just this is why it's wildcard. It may be out because I mean, three or four years ago they were all twelve grand. Now they're starting to climb. I still but, wish I had mine. I sold yeah. mine for fifteen. I yeah. wish I had it. Yeah, yeah. So it's probably wild card right off the map. But I've just E46 M3 300ZX. Those are, I think, viable. There's tasty cars out Please there. Please drive an 86, and maybe maybe you end up being the world's largest man in the world's greatest Miata. That might happen, and that's <laughs> fine. I'm all for it. I really am. And if so, please, photo. Will you yeah, please? Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. We have to see this. Anyway, well, uh, onwards to questions. We are jumping over to social media, guys. Thank you so much for writing questions. I love that TDC is very much a thing. People are asking, why, mm-hmm. why are you talking about Top Dead Center? What, what Is this an engineering show now? So uh, there's um, on Instagram, Kevin Bell 7 is actually breaking away from that, asking about bikes. And he said, you know, he knows we're both into mountain biking. Would you yes. rather spend $8,000 or more on a mountain bike or a car? And what cars would you buy or what bike would you buy? I think bikes are on his brain. I mean, you can go like fifteen, thirteen thousand 13000 on a carbon bike Ugh. that is... I mean, they're amazing, but that's got to be, you're a pro racer or, I mean, if you're a pro racer, you're sponsored and they're given to you. But Hopefully, yeah. 
you know, I I can't justify more than a couple grand, and a couple grand will get you a really nice bike. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I can't. I I got my bike used, and I and I love it, and but I'm realizing that I am outgrowing it as a rider, and also realizing that as a person, I need a slightly larger bike. Uh, I have a, I have a lar- like a, a large frame, and I need an extra large. You frame. need an XL. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, so there's that. But but I'm realizing that my next bike purchase is going to have a comma in the number, and that kind of horrifies me. I mean, even at fifteen hundred, is sort of like okay for a nice bike. You got to go like fifteen hundred, and that 12. just hurts. I just I have so much trouble. And I'm a guy. Look, I'm a guy with thousands of dollars worth of climbing gear that I've accumulated over the years. And I guess that's the thing I accumulated out over the years. Over the years, sure. But the buy-in of getting a, a, a newer bike hurts me. I mean, I look at Santa Cruz's that I just lust after, and, I, and then I see nice. the price, and I promptly close the website. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you know, there's those kind of things. Just because I, <laughs> that comes so... in carbon, huh? <laughs> Click. Oh, sixty five hundred dollars. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Ooh, wow, that's on sale. Okay, uh, no, but that's the thing. And, and, and you know, there's so many, so many really good bikes. Uh, the yeah. salsa bikes are expensive and, and nice. And I mean, there's all. I could sit here and pretty much bring up a company, and they have a bike that costs that. Totally. And most of their good mountain bikes are over $1,000. I find that somewhat horrifying just because of my financial realities. If we're talking eight grand, I have to say, Kevin, I'm buying a car at oh, eight grand. Yeah. I, I just, I love mountain bikes, but an $8,000 payout, it, it better have an engine. I better no longer be pedaling. I mean, I bet you you could find an M Roadster for eight grand. Honestly. Okay. I, interesting. Inexpensive. You could probably find an E46 or an E36 M3 for eight grand. Yeah. Well, but, It'd but be here's, high miles. Back into convertibles again. But yeah, but, but Miata's all day long. Give the 86 platform a couple of years. It might be down there. That's horrifying That's to say. True. But that might happen. I mean, there's there's options there at eight grand, and I just couldn't do a bike. Yeah. No kidding. Well, uh, in keeping with that, uh, I love this question. Scimitar Star has said. Instead of this phenomenon that is now TDC, he proposes another question. Who buys what kind of car? Like the Nissan Murano Convertible, like the Pontiac we Aztec. Exactly. Who buy, who's this car for? Yeah. I mean, yeah. the Maxima, well, that's you know the Toyota Camry and Accord buyers that didn't want either of those cars and mm-hmm. wanted kind of a large, inexpensive car. That's a Maxima buyer, but... I, this could go on and on, yeah. to be honest. I mean, it's, it's, who bought Prowlers? Yeah. Who bought the Chevy SSR? Who buys the HHR? If you're listening, you have one of these the cars. The people that I'd used like to, to have the, yeah, the PT Cruiser and decided to move hey, on. We upgraded. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Same guy designed both cars, by the I way. I know. I know. Brian Chevy stole them away, and yeah. it's unbelievable that that happened. Yeah. I, I think that's a hilarious question, but uh, we, we could go on about <laughs> a lot of strange cars that are out there, to be it's, honest. It's, it's the who is this car for question, and you're right. It could, could go on forever. Uh, let's see. We've also got um, – oh, man, there's so many good questions here. Uh, Jordan asked on Facebook, he said, we talk about moving on to something new, moving on to a new car. Mm, yeah. And he's saying, from our experience, how long do you think is a good amount of time to keep a car, a car before moving on to something new? I get the feeling that Jordan's had a car for months that he's looking to trade up. <laughs> I mean, it really depends on... Four months in and you're bored? Yeah, it really depends on uh, what is your, I guess, tolerance for all of the changes that come with changing a car out. And it's not that hard, but there's just paperwork and financial realities and hassle and all of that. How often are you willing to do that is question one. Question two is, how often are you able to do this? Mm-hmm. You know, we've had plenty of people that write into the podcast and like, well, I'm 30 years old. I've owned 30 cars. I'm like, when did you do all that? You know, because <laughs> Paul and I, up, up until starting the show, Paul and I kept, kept cars most, most time like six, seven, eight years each. We kept cars for a while. Oh, yeah. We are trying 
now to be much more specific about every couple of years to trade something out. And it is entirely taking our own medicine of just getting a new experience. We experience a lot of cars briefly, but an ownership experience is different. And so, I mean, like the Lotus that I have, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm, I'm in love with it. I, but here's the thing. I still liked the FRS the day I sold it. Yeah. So yeah. I'd had it for a couple of years. I felt like, all right, it's time to move on for the benefit of me, for the benefit of the show. Time to move on. But I kept thinking, I mean, the day I sold it, I was like, that's a bummer. That car went away. My son cried. This is how it went. He cried, <laughs> so I didn't have to. No, seriously. But, um, but no, that car went away, and I, and I proxy still— Proxy crying. I love I, it. <laughs> pro, that's the T-shirt, proxy crying. I'm making a note. That's at least in the title. Anyway, uh, but no. Have but somebody else be sad for you that that car went out of your life. But no, that's, that's the thing. There's, that's the definition. There's, as we've said before, there's no reason you can't sell a car that you still love. You don't have to hate your car to get rid of it. Conversely, you have a car for three months and you hate it, that's an awful lot of money to spend on something you don't like. So move on. Mm-hmm. But our average now is about every couple of years. That seems to be, okay, I've had a really good experience with this car. I've experienced it in a lot of situations. I can move on now feeling like I've really owned this. Mm. That's an excellent question. Well, also on Facebook, Mark B. asks us our thoughts on the new Buick Regal Tour X. Mm-hmm. He has an irrational love of wagons, but this disgusting black cladding over the wheel wells, he says, detracts from the otherwise stylish exterior. I would argue that, Mark, and my counterpoint is the Audi A4 All-Road. Heck, go back to Mm. 03, the A6 All-Road, which has similar looks to it. The Volvo, the XC60 cross-country, I believe it was, XC90 maybe. Um, The wagons is what I mean. They had kind of the same thing. I think this could be a new market, sort of new ground for Buick that would pull them out of the... Well, honey, is it a new Buick Regal or a Toyota Avalon? Which Maybe is we it? get a Cascada because, you know, those apparently really are a thing. There's one in my neighborhood, by the that, way. I know. We just talked about it. That, that, that's the who buys this car question. Apparently, it's that guy. Anyway, yeah. Sir, why did you buy that car? Uh, anyway, um, yeah, I, I think it's actually kind of new ground, and I'm excited for Buick. Mm-hmm. I think they could break into the Audi-ish all-road, off-road a little bit here yeah. and kind of pull it off. I think it's really cool. I think that cladding should be an option. That's that's my response on it. I think there I should see. be a version that is styled to be the, I'm not going to ever off-road this, I don't need cladding, and the version that is a little more, you want it that way. I think they should, let's be honest, the Audi yeah. wagons do that. Then you're competing against the Jag, uh, the XF wagon, probably, which could look That cool. four people are going to buy. Well, those four are going to be happy wagon owners. They're going owners. to be very happy wagon owners, yeah. <laughs> but no, I think it's great. I love that it's here. I, I do wish it would come with an option when it has body cladding like that. I'm kind of digging it. It just looks sort of like purposeful. Buick has a purpose in life now. Buick. Okay. Go somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> Their purpose is Buick. We're for China. That's the purpose. <laughs> That's true. That's really the purpose. All of our money comes from China. Uh, yeah. Actually, Kenneth asked a question that got me thinking, and I kind of was surprised at my own response. Okay. His question is, he's talking about how the 86 Twins are dropping in value. Mm. So they're getting to that place where you can buy one cheap, and it's only going to continue for the next few years. I think the bottom of those cars is 12-ish, I think. 11, mm, okay. 12. I think okay. they're going to kind of hover there for a bit. But we'll see. So it's everybody that didn't buy them new that really, really wants to be the second or third owner, and I am guilty. But um, So he's talking about those dropping, dropping, dropping. He's thinking about the fact that they are becoming viable as a car you buy to turn into something. It's your track car. It's your monster. It's your whatever. Okay, okay. Like Miatas have been forever. Sure. It's that kind of thing. Sure. His question is, does tuning out of class still matter? 
This is what got me thinking. Okay. Here's my they're, response. They're cheap Kenneth. enough now? Here's my response, Kenneth. I think here's here's uh, I'm surprised this was my conclusion. I think tuning out of class still applies for the value of the car, the original value of the car. If you buy a I'm just going to say it this way, a $15,000.86 and by the time you're done it was a $40,000 car. That's tuning out of class and still doesn't count. If you buy that fifteen thousand dollar eighty six, and by the time you're done, it's worth about twenty. You got twenty five into it. The fifteen you bought and ten grand you did tune it, you're fine. You tuned oh, it back up. up Your price goes back MSRP. up to the original range of the MSRP. Oh, oh. Now I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. That's because, an interesting thought. Because now you couldn't go out with your thirty grand and buy a better car. Okay. So that's where that's where the tuning out of class thing I think becomes a little bit gray because you bought it so cheap and you put money into it and it's still the <laughs> price or cheaper than it would have been new. Congratulations. So go way cheap, go back up to its MSRP with parts If and you mods want to. I think that's that, I think for me that's where the dividing line is. And I was surprised to think it through that way, but I was glad Kenneth asked that question because I thought, okay, yeah, you buy it for fifteen, you've got ten to twelve grand worth of madness you can put into that car before I go. You know what? Stop. <laughs> I think that's a pretty good idea. Part I'm I'm still debating in my head. Anyway, I'll think about that a little bit more. A couple more questions from me. They're uh, design related, which I love, of course. Er Zipperer on Instagram, is talking about the 2018 Jeep Wrangler and said Jeep decided to remove the Jeep badge mm -hmm. because the grill is the emblem. And he's thinking of iconic cars and what, are, what other cars are instantly recognizable by their grill designs and have been for every generation. I made a short list. Oh, good. The Volkswagen Beetle and the Porsche 911 are both cars that have no grill, as a matter of fact. Excellent point, yep. And they are very recognizable from the front. Aston Martin, think about that Aston grill shape from the DB4 yeah. all the way on up. Yeah. The BMW 2002, of course, the kidney grills. The have kidney to stay grills back. on BMW forever, yeah. Studebaker Champion, it's a torpedo grill, mm -hmm. essentially. Look up this car. Any of the 1930s Rolls Royces, okay? The Alphas. Alpha's been good about that. Alpha's been pretty good. Alpha's, yes, has changed somewhat over the years. Uh, Jaguar E type. That is iconic. True. You look at true, that, true. you just you just know. But I mean, but but now you're into a car that doesn't necessarily relate to the rest of the lineup. I mean, like the kidney grills, that's a BMW. They're, they're just kidney grills. Period. Yes, yes. I was going to say the O2, they're the 2002. Uh, but yeah. you know, the the kidney grills change size and proportion and shape. Absolutely, they're still they do. there. Absolutely, they do. Yeah. 67 Pontiac GTO for me is pretty iconic. Same with the 55 Mercedes-Benz 300 SL. You yeah. look at the front of that car, you just, just know. It's, yeah, you know It's what it the Gullwing sure. Mercedes. Sure. And then uh, the, the list could grow, but I'll stop with the Bugatti, any Bugatti from any year. Mm -hmm. The Horseshoe Grill, I mean, you, you just look at it and you know yeah, Bugatti. Yeah, that for sure, yeah. But yes, there's plenty of cars I'm missing. If you have other thoughts, I would love to hear them, but uh, I'll leave it there for right now. That's good. That's really good. Uh, let's see. I had another one here. Oh, Corey, who went on a pilgrimage trip. He yeah, asked a cool hello, question Corey. that's off, a little bit off topic, but let's run there anyway. Do we have any gear or software recommendations for starting a podcast? Mm. Uh, Corey, the, the, there's ways to do this where the entry level is really, really low. Yeah. And there's ways to do it where you can spend a lot of money. You want to spend a good amount of money, but it's excellent. You can go to B&H. We get a lot of gear from B&H uh, Photo in New York. Uh, they have podcast packages that you can literally, like, you can write in like podcast gear and it'll show you how many microphones you need. You need one, you need 
two, yep. you need seven. I mean, they'll give you like, here's the board and all that kind of stuff. And that's how we've been able to kind of stair step up through. That's if you want to spend some money to actually throw down a bit. But before that, hang on, the base level is go buy like a $100 USB microphone that plugs into your laptop. Yeah. Done. Yeah, exactly. I will say, please baffle it. You can put pillows around it. You can buy foam to put around it, but something to baffle the room tone and then get your, your, your mouth right up in the microphone so that we don't hear a bunch of room. You don't want the podcast to sound like this because that's terrible. Okay? So, I mean, even here, we've got some good microphones and decent setup, but if I step too far away from the mic, that's what happens. So think about it that way. And then you can use QuickTime. You can use GarageBand. You can use any, any program, honestly, that will record that input of that mic depending on your computer. Any program that records that input is fine. Don't record next to a barista in any coffee shop anywhere. Ideally. That's- that's not the way to do Ideally, it. Ideally, somewhere somewhat quiet while you're recording, <laughs> and then you got to figure out where you're going to do your uploads and all that kind of stuff. But but the entry level is low because again, USB microphone. You have a computer, you're kind of done. The legend continues is asking about the design justification and analysis behind the one series and the one M in particular. Why is it ugly? He thinks it's one of the best looking cars BMW has ever produced. Well, I will say about cars in general the way they're designed to begin with is that car. Then to build a performance version of them, designers like to flare the fenders and Mm -hmm. drop the front spoiler, and they like to add parts to it. In some cases, it's successful. In other cases, it looks like what I've just described. It kind of looks like a little monster. Now, that's not to say it doesn't look bad, but I can't say that it looks beautiful and, and close to the original. Plus, those headlights, they're... It's like you're pulling your eyelids kind of open. They're just a little bit too big proportionally <laughs> okay. for the size of the car. Okay. The Oldsmobile Alero taillights are way too big. Lincoln's had problems with design of the rear end of their cars forever. <laughs> They're just the proportion of taillights to the size of the car, and that's why there's all kinds of little design tricks you can do. But the, the 1M is cool looking, but I can't say it's beautiful i love it too yeah it's just so short wheelbase stubby squat huge big wide open eyes Mm -hmm. and trying to shoehorn all these wide fenders and flares onto a car that was designed to be an economy car let's be honest well you know to, to go back to the start of it Look at the base one series. Get a picture in front of you of a base one series. Yes. A 128 with the simplest wheels and just look at that shape. It's kind of a weird shape. It's a very tall design. It's very tall and thin. That's the other thing. To the point of being a little bit out of proportion. And it just doesn't, if you look at it, it just doesn't feel like it's properly grounded. It feels to me like somebody pushed on both of the door handles and just squished it. It's it's an economy car designed for Europe, for small parking spaces. So then, really the thought behind it. That's great. That's a great point. So then when it gets to the 1M, you're talking about, yeah, they're shoving all this extra stuff in it. It has to get wider, and that adds the fenders. And I have always felt like the 1M is the automotive equivalent of a bulldog. Mm-hmm. And and you see people that are bulldog owners are like he's so cute. Look at it. And you go really? I mean, cute. I mean, I see it. I get I get the attraction, but it's it's it just looks kind of beefy and 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 purposeful. And that's why the 1M is awesome. But it's gone that way from a car shape that originally I'm kind of like I don't know. Well, yes. Yeah. So think about it in terms of car parts. The way the the one series was originally designed, you start with the design and then engineer the parts to fit that car. Mm. When you 
get to like the BMW M2. Well, we're going to use the wider axle. Now we've sure. got a wider track in the yeah, back. So yeah, we've yeah. got to flare and blister the fenders out to cover the part that we've decided to use because it's better, stronger, <laughs> sure. wider, yeah. faster, whatever. Hey, look, we're shoving a bigger engine into this car. Well, shoot, the end, the hood doesn't close now. We got to punch that hood up and make mm-hmm. a blister there. You know, mm-hmm. things like that. So you start using performance parts. That's then you have to cover them up. You got to, yeah. yeah. you know, make it fit still those proportions. And that's why things can get out of control very quickly. Some cars are successful. Other cars just kind of look like a bulldog. And I think I think the one M is a shockingly successful iteration it's of great. the one series. It's just not I really do. It's not a Jaguar E type. It's not beautiful and sensual and gorgeous yeah. and interesting. But it's cool looking. But but here's the great GTRs thing about are cool looking. They're here, not beautiful. Yeah, fair point. Here's the thing about car design. It, it you do fall in love with something and find it attractive, and the guy next to you is going, "Really? Yeah." Which is nice. Yeah. I mean that that is good. That allows some some variation there for sure. All right. Any more questions uh, before we wrap up? Uh, there always are, but I think for now, always, yes. um, I think for now that's probably good. All right. So TC Car Guy asks us to build a dream garage with one car from each of the following oh, yeah. countries, which I think we should for a later podcast. There have been many questions that we've got to put some thought behind these and, and spend some time. I really like that one. That's one we should probably try to cover next time. That'd be really cool. Agreed. Guys, thank you. Huge thanks. We always thank you, but uh, really it's because of your listenership and, as yeah. Todd said, rating and reviewing the podcast that has pushed us to consistently be rated in the top 10, if not higher. And we love that. We love that you're with us and following along. We're looking forward to season three, but uh, for now, welcome to season two. Episode six is tomorrow on Velocity Channel, Mm -hmm. 7.30 Eastern. Again, thanks to our sponsors, and we're looking forward to it. Hope you enjoy it, and look for our stuff on Vimeo coming soon. Thanks, guys. Cheers. I can't believe it. That Gerald is presenting the quarterly budget report with finger puppets? Look, here comes a 1.7% decrease in fixed overhead. Hello, everybody. No, I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with Geico. Who are you? The projected increase in organic Q3 revenue. Hooray! Believe it, Geico could save you 15% or more on car insurance. ADT can design and install a smart home just for you, backed by 24-7 protection. A new smart home at your service, customized for your lifestyle. Set up custom automations unique to your home to automatically do the things like lock the doors or set the thermostat when you leave. Even close your garage door from virtually anywhere. ADT will set up your home with multiple smart home devices and security features like indoor and outdoor cameras, locks, lights, and garage door control, even video doorbells. Visit ADT.com slash podcasts to learn more about how ADT can design and install a secure smart home just for you.